covering the Green Bay Packers training camp all summer long. This is CampCast, a Midwest Communications podcast. Welcome back to the Green and Gold CampCast here at Packers training camp. I'm Mark Daniels, and we're visiting with the voice of the Green Bay Packers, Wayne Larravee. Hi, Wayne. How you doing? Good, Mark. How are you? We've got a couple of preseason games in the belt. We're more than halfway through camp. What do you think? Well, you know, it's it's hard to tell with this team because they kind of put things together step by step, you know, and um, you don't get an over um, exposure to the veterans and, and what they may be up to. But I think all in all, it, it looks to me like they're having a very good camp. Mike McCarthy is insistent on making sure he sees, for instance, uh, a Kevin King early in camp with the ones or a Josh Jones running with the defense in their nitro package or mixing in a, a Trevor Davis with the first-team offense. That's kind of his modus operandi here in camp. Yeah, and, you know, the more exposure like that these young kids can get, the better off they're going to be. But, um, you know, I agree with you. You see it happening, and there's a reason for it because, hey, come to regular season, they may be in in that position due to injuries or whatever else might happen. So uh, you have to have those guys repped with the people they're going to play with. T.J. Lang's uh, in Detroit, uh, spending his money wisely, I hope. Jari Evans is now in Green Bay. How do you view the trade-off? Well, you know, I think Jari Evans, that was a good pickup to get him. He could at least hopefully um, be that conduit from T.J. Lang to whoever else is going to be the next long-time starting offensive right guard for the Packers, and I, I don't know if we know that yet. But, um, you know, Evans was a guy who played better than they expected him to play in New Orleans a year ago. The Packers are hoping he's got just enough left in the tank to solidify things on the right hand of that offensive line, the right side. And if he does, uh, they'll still be a very good line. And the two other major differences on this offense, the kitty core running back group. Mm. Yeah, I know. it. <laughs> Ty Montgomery's the... Uh, the veteran back there, but actually he has less running back experience <laughs> yeah. than the five rookies on the uh, on the squad. So it'll be interesting to see how that all mixes out. But, you know, I've been impressed with Ty with the way he runs the football. He seems to have very good natural instincts. Obviously, everybody's talking about, well, can he pick up the blitz? You know, but he can do so many things, and I think he's learning how to pick up the blitz, and that's something that a skill that will come along for him. But the things he can do out of the backfield, both with the ball in his hands and as he splits off the line, uh, puts the defense in quite a quandary. No kidding. I mean, he's the matchup guy out of that backfield for sure. And Mike McCarthy can be the mad scientist again, speaking of matchups with the other major new change on this offense. And that's the tight end position with Martellus Bennett, Lance Kendrick, in addition to Richard Rodgers. And Mike's got some options. Yeah, you know, Richard uh, came into camp and just he was having his best camp. And uh, I think he looks uh, 100% improved. Um, now, you got Kendricks out there who can operate in the short zones, middle of the field. He's a movement tight end. And then you have probably the most complete star tight end in the league uh, when you consider what Martellus Bennett can do, not just downfield, but also in line. He might be, as his uh, former teammate Brandon Marshall said, the best blocking tight end in the league. And we know what he can do downfield. So this is a great core of uh, tight ends that they have here. It's arguably one of the best they've had in the history of this team. He stood next to Marty Soros Rex in the locker room. He's a giant. Yeah, he is. Uh, you know, he's as big, almost as big as Julius Peppers. And Peppers was not a small man. And yet the way he moves out there, it, it's just he's an amazing athlete when you look at him. And, you know, he's a big guy. And, and Aaron Rodgers said to me, you know, we need big guys. We need a real tight end who's big, you know, and plays big. And that's certainly Marty Bennett. Let's go to the other side of the ball. You mentioned Julius Peppers, one of the guys who's left on defense, but he wasn't the only one. Obviously, Micah Hyde's no longer. 
longer around as well. Uh, a little bit of change over there. Let's start with that secondary. As inexperienced and beat up as it turned out to be in Atlanta, it can't get any worse. Well, you know, you would hope not, especially with the injuries they've had. Although, again, Demarius Randall goes out with a concussion uh, in the first preseason game. And, again, he'll be back. But, nonetheless, um, you know, you look at the young guys there, and Kevin King is learning. And, I mean, he's really learning. And, folks, you have to be patient because – he wasn't able to take part in the OTAs and the minicamp for the most part. He was here for part of the minicamp. Uh, but that's a scaled-down minicamp in June that the Packers have with the veterans off. Um, he's learning it all here at training camp. And, boy, they're giving him quite an education. I like the way he looks. I think he's tough enough. I think if he plays a little more urgency and he will learn to do that, he'll be fine. Um, Josh Jones is a tremendously versatile player. I'm not quite sure where they fit him in. If Morgan Burnett's going to do what he does, which is a lot of what they've targeted Josh Jones to do, um, we'll have to see how that all plays out. All right, but some new blood in the secondary as well. Uh, and uh, you wonder, with so much emphasis on this nitro package, where a Burnett or a Jones is going to creep under the box. They showed a little bit last year. What is the future for a Jake Ryan, a Blake Martinez, and the inside linebackers? Well, you know, Jake is a very improved player, and, and I thought he really came on last year, especially in, in the Giants game defending the pass. I thought he played all over the field. There's a spot for a Jake Ryan in that defense, and he gives them a little size and muscle at that inside linebacker spot. But that other spot, Mark, just because of the way the game is played offensively today, may very well be a safety and a hybrid-type player. We've seen it in Arizona. We've seen it with the Rams um, very effectively. Uh, Keanu Neal does it in Atlanta extremely effectively, and I think that's what you're going to see with Morgan Burnett. There's just very few power-running Dallas Cowboy-type offenses in the NFL anymore. Right, and you can always yeah, you, yeah. you can adjust to that. Right. You can add a bigger body in there. You can put in a Blake Martinez or, or whoever else you have at inside linebacker for those situations. And up front, I'll tell you what, I think one of the guys that's most improved is Dean Lowry. Yeah, he's... He's been uh, he's been something else in this camp. You know, he's been uh, heck on wheels, so to speak. If uh, I know this is a family show, but uh, you know, he really does look improved. And I think Kenny Clark came along very well at the end of last year. There are a lot of players in the second and third years that are really stepping up to play well. You know, Quentin Rollins just stepped back to the secondary for a moment. He's been the best of the the cover corners they've had here in camp, and and that's a guy who's much improved off his third year. Anybody else kind of just grab your eye that would probably still be considered a long shot on this team? A Michael Clark, perhaps, or somebody like that? That's exactly who really? I was thinking of, Michael Clark. Um, you know, <laughs> I don't know how you get him to the practice squad. I know they'd like to. They've got a lot of receivers here. It's hard to hide at 6'6". Six, six. It's hard to hide 6'6", six, six, and a guy who can just, in the red zone, do what he did the other night against, uh, you know, Philadelphia, just throw it up to him, jump ball. He's 6'6", uh, six, six, jumps 33 inches, and he catches a pass like that. Somebody noticed that around the league, so the, the uh, secret is out. But the other guy who comes to mind for me is uh, Max McCaffrey and how he's really stepped to the next level. And the guy is always open, Mark, and he catches everything. Like father, like son. Yeah, exactly. Um, when you're watching practice, Wayne, uh, what kinds of things do you kind of take from it and kind of translate to your game broadcast? Anything? You know, I try to I try to recognize the players and how they move and, and catch their number, that type of thing. There's a lot of memorization that goes into it, especially this time of year when you've got 90-man rosters. And after a while, you know, you're studying for like a Washington and you're studying for the Packers. And after a while, you've got 89 and 90. You've got two squads. And nine. It's hard to remember everybody. 
even uh, the Packers run together after a while. But nonetheless, um, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking for. And to see where they're using people, you know what I mean? See who's in with who. Uh, that'll give you an idea of who's going to play in the next game. You're a longtime radio guy. I'm a longtime radio guy. I love the theater of the mind, and you bring it to broadcast. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And here we are, poolside at training camp. Not exactly poolside, but we're right by the training tubs. Let's not hop in. <laughs> yeah, let's let's not. I think uh, we'd get thrown out of here if we did. <laughs> Thanks, Wayne, for the visit. My pleasure. Kind of eager and anxious to see what the, the, the rookie draft picks at running back maybe will do now that they have a preseason game under their belt. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think everybody needs to improve. I mean, we need to improve our sideline operation. I mean, every, every position's got room for growth. We, the things we're really focused on, and you know, our, our emphasis for Washington is we need to, you know, we need to win the tackle tackling challenge. You know, we need to break tackles. We didn't break any tackles last week, and, and we didn't tackle very well. So, uh, our emphasis is on tackling. The other is, is ball security. Who's securing the ball? You know, we didn't take care of it very well on offense, and uh, we had, you know, we had the four turnovers on. On defense, but we also had a lot of opportunities where we didn't get the ball. So um, those are the big things I'm looking for. Uh, the mental preparation needs to improve. Our, our mental lawyers were, we were, uh, you know, way out there, way too many last week. So, um, and that goes for every position. And, and running backs are part of that. Um, our young players are part of that. That's why we have young player meetings every every evening. I mean, we, we have an opportunity where, you know, after we get done with the day, there's dinner, and then we have young young player meetings that. That start at six o'clock and go into the into the evening. So this, I mean, these this week and next week are critical. I mean, this is where you have a chance to not only prepare for a game, but you get to go back and watch the fundamental tapes and, and make sure these guys clearly understand. You know, they they know what to do, they know how to do it, but just keep reinforcing the importance of the details uh, in the fundamentals and and obviously their assignments. I'm John Rougette from Kanat, Wisconsin. I'm here today with my two grand, grand people, my son, my granddaughter. My grandson's birthday yesterday, and he would like to catch a ride with one of the players. Hopefully, Jordy Nelson, I believe. Jordy? What do you think? <laughs> okay, Jordy or Aaron? We brought uh, Robbie over so he can get an autograph, maybe, see practice. Always kind of like come over at least once a year to see practice. Watch the new guys, see who's doing what. Just drove here. It took like three hours, so that's pretty much all. We tooled around in the pro shop just a little bit, got our eyes on some stuff that we want to go back for, but we wanted to get down here right away. <laughs> what players do you most want to see? Oh, I love to see the receivers. I like high-flying offense, so I always prefer to watch the receivers. Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson. <laughs> yeah, I'm from Brazil. Hello again, welcome to the Green and Gold Campcast from Ray Nitschke Field. I'm Mark Daniels covering the Packer training camp. We're on the downslope now. A couple of preseason games done, two more to go. We got more than half of the camp practices in the books, and I'm sure you've heard of the phrase lock, stock, and barrel. Well, we're going to do a little exercise today called lock, fence, and bubble. I know the one and only roster cut down to the 53 players for the regular season is still a couple of weeks away. I think it's time we start whittling down this roster and just give you an idea who at least I think is going to be on the final 53. We'll break it down by position. The anticipated number of players at each position that Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy will keep and who those likely players are. Let's start with the quarterback. Uh, the locks. I think Aaron Rodgers and Brett Hundley are your two locks at one and two. Packers will probably keep just two on the active roster, 
they have kept three in the past. On the fence would be Joe Callahan, who's been on the roster and on the practice squad, and he has played outplayed uh, just a little bit Taysom Hill the free agent from BYU who I have listed as on the bubble at quarterback so that's two roster spots how about the running back position Packers traditionally keep five my locks Ty Montgomery rookie Jamal Williams and fullback Aaron Ripkowski I have a feeling that Williams may get more carries than Montgomery and Ripkowski is still the number one fullback uh, on the fence Aaron Jones and backup fullback Joe Carriage and the bubble boys at running back, I have Devontae Mays, Khalif Phillips, and William Stanback, who are more long shots than bubble boys at running back. So, who are the five? Let's go with Montgomery, Williams, Rutkowski, Jones, and Carriage. Tight ends, I have the Packers keeping three tight ends, and uh, I think they're all locks. Martellus Bennett, Lance Kendrick, and Richard Rodgers. On the fence, Aaron Peck, slightly ahead of uh, the bubble tight end on this training camp roster, Emmanuel Bird. Now, at wide receiver, last year the Packers kept seven, a very high number, and because I think this is the most competitive position at training camp, seven sounds like a good number to me again here in 2017. So my locks at wide receiver, Jordy Nelson, Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb. On the fence, pretty good collection, Jeff Janis, Trevor Davis, Geronimo Allison, all three of those guys were on the squad last year, along with the two draft choices, D'Angelo Yancey and Malachi Dupree. My bubble receivers include Michael Clark and Max McCaffrey, but both have had really nice camps. There's just too crowded. Colby Pearson and Monte Crockett are the real long shots among those bubble receivers. So if the Packers keep seven, let's go with Nelson, Adams, Cobb, Yancey, or Dupree. Trevor Davis, and then it's probably going to be between Jeff Janis and Geronimo Allison, or maybe McCaffrey could find his way onto this team. He's had a great camp and push Allison aside, who has that one-game suspension looming to start the season anyway. Offensive lineman. Eight is the ideal number, I think, especially when you're going into regular season games. They usually keep seven active. I have five, well, make that seven locks out of the eight positions. David Bakhtiari, Brian Balaga, Corey Lindsley, Lane Taylor, and Jari Evans. That's your starting five. And my two backup locks are Don Barkley, if he recovers from that ankle injury, and Jason Spriggs, the drafted tackle from a year ago out of Indiana. I have four players on the fence, including this year's draft choice, Kofi Amichia, along with Kyle Murphy, a draft pick last year, Jeff Gray, the Canadian import, and Lucas Patrick, who's a backup center and guard and has some versatility. My bubble guys on the offensive line are Justin McCray, Adam Pankey, Robert Leff, and Thomas Evans. So there's your offense. Two quarterbacks, five running backs, three tight ends, seven wide receivers, eight offensive linemen. That gives you 25 players. We'll go with 25 on defense as well, and we'll start on the defensive line. Lock, fence, and bubble. My D-lineman locks are Mike Daniels, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, and Ricky Jean-Francois. Lowry has really looked good in camp. On the fence, Christian Ringo and Brian Price. Both guys were on the roster or practice squad at times last year. Montrevious Adams I have on the fence. He's the third-round draft choice, but he could be an injured reserve candidate following that foot surgery this summer. And on the bubble is Isa Lunsford on the defensive line. At linebacker, I have the Packers keeping eight. And the locks, both inside and out, include Clay Matthews, Nick Perry, Jake Ryan, Joe Thomas, Blake Martinez, and J. Ron Elliott. On the fence, I have Kyler Fackrell, a draft choice from a year ago. Jordan Tripp, the former Seahawk, good special teams player. We also have Reggie Gilbert, who was on the practice squad last year, and this year's draft choice, Vince Beagle, who's been 
an attendee, not a participant, throughout all of this camp. The bubble linebackers include Derek Matthews, Jonathan Calvin, Cody Hyman, David Talley, and Josh Latula-Gasanoa. That's eight linebackers I have for the pack. And if you count my top, well, six, two more are going to make it. Vince Beagle probably, and then it'll be between perhaps Kyler Fackrell, Tripp, and Gilbert. Cornerbacks, I have the Packers keeping seven, and my locks are Devon House, Demarius Randall, Quentin Rollins, Kevin King, and Ladarius Gunter. That's five out of the seven, so here's the battle for the final couple of spots. On the fence, Josh Hawkins and Dimitri Goodson, who's still been hurt throughout camp, coming off that knee surgery in the offseason. And the bubble defensive backs, Donatello Brown, Rayshon Pringle, uh, Daquan Holmes, and Lindsey Pipkins. So let's take the top five and maybe the two fence guys. Maybe one of those bubble boys could break through if they have standout play on special teams. Safeties, I have the Packers keeping five. And my locks are Haha Clinton Dix, Morgan Burnett, Kentrell Bryce, and the rookie Josh Jones. On the fence, Marwin Evans, who's had a good camp, and Jermaine Whitehead. And the bubble boy at safety would be Aaron Taylor. So I think the last spot in the safety group will be Marwin Evans and Jerome Whitehead. So that's five D linemen, eight linebackers, seven corners, five safeties. Gives you 25. That leaves three specialists. And, well, Mason Crosby's the lock at place kicker, of course. I think the punter, maybe a fence. Not quite a lock yet as the rookie Justin Vogel. Although hit it very well. And, and they're on the fence. The two long snappers that'll battle to the finish of camp. The veteran returnee, Brett Goode, and this year's rookie free agent, Derek Hart. And there it gives you 53-man roster. Ah, done Ted Thompson's job for him. We'll see what happens as we get down through the rest of the preseason and that final cut down. With your green and gold campcast, I'm Mark Gates. Okay, my name is Natalia, and I'm here on vacation. I came to see my friends. I've lived here in Augusta, right? I went to high school as a front exchange student, and now I just came to visit. I'm so excited to see the Packers. <laughs> uh, what do you follow most in Brazil? Soccer. It's like sports. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's soccer. Cruzeiro. Okay. It's my team there. What does Brazil think of American football? Oh, it's awesome. We love it. We love the Super Bowl and the games, of course. It's pretty cool, but it's different for us. We are not used to football. We have soccer there, and football is different. It's kind of difficult to understand the game for all of us, but it's cool. We like it a lot. Okay, so now that you're in Green Bay, Wisconsin, what is your world view of what Green Bay is like? What do you think of oh Green Bay? Oh my God, it's awesome. I, I did not imagine it was that this huge. It's really big. It's awesome. I'm so excited to be here. It's kind of like a dream coming true. It's cool. Something that I just used to see on TV, and now I got to real like be here, so it's awesome. I'm excited. Cannot wait. <laughs> hey, we're the Geezies. We're up from West Bend, Wisconsin. Uh, came up today and it's a gorgeous, gorgeous day in Green Bay. Brought our daughter up to try to get one of the players to ride her bike and check out the practice and see the field. And we don't get up here as much as we'd like to, but we made a day of it with the family. This is Eric. This is Charlotte. My name is Tracy. I'm from Kentucky and I married a guy from West Bend, Wisconsin. The Packers have played their four quarters. Now it's time for the fifth quarter. All right, everybody. Welcome back. 2017 underway. It's great to have you back here with us at the Stadium View. And joining us tonight, leading off, playing right field. Wrong sport. From Ocano County, 
Ladies and gentlemen, Packers.com, lead staff writer Wes Hodkowitz, our special <laughs> guest tonight. Hello, Wes. Hello, Mark. I don't think I'm strong enough to be playing right field. Though. I'd Why have not? To, I'd have to be like a center fielder. I don't think I have power. I don't have enough power to, to hold down that spot. Not every right fielder is a power hitter. <laughs> but anyway, thanks it, for it coming It was more over. of a little league reference anyway. Oh, just there you go. Yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, stick him on right field. Put him in Nobody right. hits at the right field, right? <laughs> He'll never get any action. Welcome aboard, Wes, and welcome to 2017. Where did the offseason go? Unbelievable. I was actually just saying to my dad as we were walking in here, uh, I, I can't. It seems like just yesterday you and I were here and there was snowing outside. Yes, we had it was. Weird slush snow going yeah, on. And yeah. Here you are, eight months later, and, and we're what back. What player at stiffed it. me last year? That uh... Uh, Julius Peppers. I. I uh, oh, that's right. Yeah, but I replaced no. Julius Peppers. <laughs> but he, Pep did come back. Did he? Yes. Nice. That was one of the greatest shows of the year last year with was Pep. Was it really? I really, I miss him. Yeah, I'm going to miss him. They're going to miss him. He was great. He I was just great read today that he's tearing up Carolina camp. Oh, is he really? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that. But yeah. I mean, from anyway. a from a leadership standpoint, I mean. I mean, obviously, we talk in the past, they don't always bring in a lot of outside free agents, but just the presence that he brought in that yeah. room, you could feel it. But Ted went out this year and got five veterans yeah. signed. Not all of them were unrestricted free agents. A lot of them were street free agents. But nonetheless, whether you go from Jari Evans to Ricky Jean-Francois, Good right? pronunciation. We've you got to go heavy French with Ricky, right? You do. Okay. Uh, it is funny, though, because he did one of the our Q&A things really? on the Twitter machine. And somebody called him Gene? No, he called himself Gene. What? Yeah, it was weird. Like, he introduced himself as Ricky Jean-Francois, so then I was pronouncing it Ricky Jean-Francois for a while later, for a time <laughs> after that. Then it was brought to my attention that it is Jean-Francois, so you just got to make sure you get the but, pronunciation down. All right. But Ricky? I mean, Rick, what? Is that French? Richie. Yeah, Good you question. would have to be Richet if he's going to go Jean-Francois. S'il vous plaît. Richet. Lance Kendrick. Yep. Martellus Bennett. Martellus Bennett. Tight end position. Went from, don't give up on Jared Cook. It can't be that far apart with a contract. To suddenly you've got Martellus, you got Hendricks, Kendricks, and you got Richard Rodgers. Yeah, the and fold. they signed within two days of each other, Bennett yeah. and Kendricks. and. It is interesting. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on this, too. The first time you see Martellus Bennett in person, I mean, you can look at a, a media guide or a roster, and it says 6'6", 275. But until you actually stand in his presence, I don't think you really realize how large of a human being he is. I thought and Cook was big. He was, yeah. And, and, he, and Bennett has two inches on him. Yeah, he is big. And you know all about Marty, Marty sure. Soros Rex. Big Patriot fan over yeah. here that he is, so he follows him on Twitter, as does everybody now. Yeah. Because if you don't, you're going to be less entertained. I will give you that. <laughs> he brings it. He brings it. I mean, come on. <laughs> Instagram sleeping at his locker on first night of camp. Oh, it was that was classic. And it's one of those things. It was an interesting offseason, if you go back and look at it, because Devon House ended up taking the late-night journey to Green Bay. That was the fifth. That was the last of the, yeah, the free agents. the last guys. of free agents. But, uh, I mean, Bennett showed a lot of dedication there. You had to be here, I think it was 6 a.m. in the morning, that Wednesday before camp, to right. report. He, he, I think he tucked his little girl to bed. Right. Took the drive up, what is it, 94? Right. From Chicago to Green 43, Bay. 43, yep. 43. And, uh, and here he was. So, yeah, he's a, he's a big piece of this thing. And, and, again, with Kendricks, too, in there, uh, really deepening those tight, that tight end position. So what got into Ted? I think he's talked about this in the offseason. I think, if I understand that correctly, you'll have him here on the show in a couple weeks. Yeah. But he, the big thing is, is they lost seven unrestricted free agents. True. And although they did move back in the draft, they had ten picks overall, there's only so much you can do to replace those guys with young players. So... 
when you lose the caliber of a, a Jared Cook, seeing what he did down the stretch, and a TJ Lang, uh, you know, even even looking at, at some of these other guys Eddie like Julius Lacey, Peppers. Yeah. I mean, you need to find ways to be able to fill those voids. And I think for the most part, there was a response to it, especially from House's perspective. I think it was important to add a leader in that room, an older veteran into that room, a guy that had familiarity with the system. And considering he was let go by Jacksonville, I thought that made way too much sense for him to be back in Dom Capers' defense. Sam Shields, concussion gone. He was another one. Right. Who else left? Treader left. Micah Hyde left. Yeah, uh, there was a batch. No it question was. about it. Yeah. I don't fault those guys because, quite honestly, everyone says, how could Ted let him go? Or how could Ted not spend the money the Lions shelled out T.J. Lang? I'll tell you how. They don't. They can't afford it. The price of poker is going up with they those interior linemen. They cannot afford. For sure. They made T.J. an offer, and I thought a pretty good one, but the Lions were just so far above it yeah. that the Packers just said, all right. Yeah, I'm I mean, out. and that's I fold. It's tough, and I, and I know how beloved he is in that locker room. We, I love dealing with him. I mean, he's yeah, he was just great. Straight shooter, always a good quote, and he always had time for the media. So I gave him, you know, credit and all those accords. But at the end of the day, he has to do what he has to do for his family. It seems like from everything I'm judging by, you know, the coverage in Detroit, people aren't enjoying him out there. It's a chance for him to go back home. But now the Packers bring in Jari Evans from. New Orleans, six-time Pro Bowler. He'll be filling that spot and, and trying to uh, put their best foot man. forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, it is in that regard. So, uh, And even with all the comings and goings, most pundits say these guys are going to be right there again. Yeah. The player you've been most impressed with at camp so far? Good question. Uh, I, I think it probably, not that I, I just said his name, but uh, Josh Jones stepping in the way he did, uh, he looks the part. And, and I think Darren Perry, everybody with the Packers, has been really uh, cautious with them. They don't want to set expectations for him too high as a rookie. But he, if, if they're looking for these, these guys that can play multiple roles, whether it's on the back end or whether it's at the inside backer position, uh, he fits the bill and he's willing to hit. And you go back. He was hitting in OTAs. He remember was. That? He was. He was. He was getting <laughs> he was after hitting it. With no and, pads, and he was blowing up guys. And constantly around the football. So uh, he got a chance to play. I think it was 43 defensive snaps more than anybody else in that Eagles game. That's going to be important for him because you don't know how much he's going to get once Morgan Burnett's up and running you know, during the season. But uh, in terms of just the looking a role and, and seeing that a hybrid-type linebacker-type position, it just seems to me like Josh Jones is everything you could want in a, in a right. prospect. If the Packers are going to... Good grief. Get to a fourth NFC Championship game yeah. under Mike McCarthy. Been there three times. He's won only one. What's got to happen? I, I really do believe in this whole mantra of the Packers needing to get off to a fast start. And the reason is because 2011, I understand, did not go the way anybody wanted to. That was once as fast as you can get at 13 for 13. The Giants. But there were also were holes there when you look at the defense yeah. and, and things that the offense covered up so that when things did slow down, you could see that happening. That number one seed is important, and I think we've learned that over the last couple of years when you get these venues like Seattle, what it's been like in there, trying to play in there. My ears are still ringing from the Georgia Dome's swan song. I mean, in Atlanta, I mean, people were just so energized. Oh they were so God, into it. Loud. And Imagine if you could flip that script and put it at Lambeau Field and get that energy here for an NFC Championship game because you remember 2010, they were down in Chicago for that game. Yeah. So. Uh, I think that could go a long way, and really the biggest thing is, and it's kind of a cop-out, it's kind of a cliche, but if you can keep this team healthy, if you can keep these guys on the field, 
the pieces are there for Aaron Rodgers to go to work. That was my next question. If they don't, the downfall would be injury? That it, that's Usually what it was is. in thirteen yeah. for sure, and, and to some extent twelve. And I think was that was that or thirteen was the year that yeah. Clay was dealing with the thumb. Yeah. So it's tough. It's yeah. tough. You mentioned Aaron Rodgers, recently named the NFL's fittest quarterback. He's gracing the cover of Men's Fitness magazine. If you were to grace the cover of a magazine, <laughs> what magazine it, would it be? It wouldn't be Men's Health. Um, <laughs> Popular Gosh. mechanics. Look at those glasses. Yeah, I know, right? It'd probably be like Sports Illustrated for kids or something like that. <laughs> I mean, it would be it'd be something like wait, wait, wait. Sc- yeah, I Family mean, Circle. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm fit to be on any covers whatsoever. That's yeah. a good question. Yeah. What do you think, Mark? <laughs> I don't know. You got feel one for me? You're not a few modern gamer guy. or something. Yeah, modern, like modern gamer. gamer. Maybe. Maybe mine yeah. would be mine would be put your shirt back on magazine. <laughs> no, it'd be yeah yeah the net Netflix newsletter. Yeah, that, yeah, one's that might be it. <laughs> Brett Good is back, but that's not a bad thing. No, that's a, I think it's a pretty positive thing. I, I you know just judging by the locker room having him back in there. Who wants excited. to be around a newborn? Yeah, really. No kidding. Brett's out of the house. You now. hear the story with Brett? <laughs> uh, he'd been out of work all summer, hanging around with his young son. Yeah. Helping him grow up and all those kind of things. Wife was pregnant, due any day. Delivered a week ago today. Uh, what's her name? Blakely. Blakely. A daughter. Yeah. Uh, everything's great. Got a call within hours of the delivery. New York Jets <laughs> on the phone. Can you come work out for us? Honey, baby, got to go. This is like hours later. And he's in Arkansas at this time, Yeah, and he's too. in Arkansas. So he flies to New York, works out for the Jets, comes right back home, spends a couple of days. Never heard back from the Jets. Uh... Derek Hart, the Packers' long snapper, had an iffy family night, as did Mason and the whole yeah, unit. the whole operation, yeah. A couple days after the family night, launched one over the head of Justin Vogel in a, in a field goal drill. And I'm sure Ted and Mike and everyone else said, yeah, we better make sure about the uh, long snapper. So, Good got a call on Friday. I believe it was, yep. Came in on Saturday and is back. And this is a guy that was here for five years? Six? Good? Nine. Yeah. Nine years? Yeah, this would be his tenth season if he, yeah, since JJ Jensen got hurt back in 2007, I think. Holy cow! Isn't funny? Really, Time flies, Mark. It does fly. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa! Did you just out trivia Mark Daniels? I don't know about that. I just West, answered a question. West, uh, uh, put it on the calendar, <laughs> folks. Nice pull, Wes. He's five or six years. Well, whatever. Yeah, I'll, I mean, go with you. I'll, I'll believe you, Wes. Yeah. But nonetheless, great fight, guy. Fight about it. Great guy. Great guy. Uh, and now, may the best. Man, win. Yeah, win. yeah. It's interesting. I, I we were talking about this. My my colleague Mike Spofford and I trying to think the last time they had two long snappers in a camp at the same time. Was that Jansen's I year? I think it would go back to Jansen when I forget who he was competing against. Now maybe you would remember, but they end up going with Jansen. Then he gets. I think he tore his ACL, and then they right. signed Brett. And so, I, I, I yeah. can't remember the guy's name, but the guy that he beat out. Went to Got Kansas, a job. Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. He was a, he, I think he was a long snapper for years in Kansas City, too. And then Jensen ended up becoming a pro bowler in Carolina yeah. once he came back. But Goode ended up being the guy in Green Bay, and he took the job and ran with it. So now competing with a, a young man in Derek Hart to see who could be there. Had the won. knee injury at the end of 2015. They brought in the uh, Rick, Lovato. Yeah, Rick Lovato, and he was guy through last season and then let him go. And now, anyway, Brett's back. So it's good to have Goode. It's good to have Goode back. I like Brett. Good guy. <laughs> what do you think of Green Bay? What do I think about Green Bay? It's pretty so far. I think it's... This is gorgeous. Okay, how were the Packers received in Kentucky? <laughs> 
Oh, a lot of people actually like them, believe it or not. Yeah, they do. Or maybe it's just the people that I talk to, but you know, I'm a little biased. We're the Halversons. Uh, these are my beautiful nieces, my, the two older ones, and, and we're here uh, because we love the Packers. Faith uh, got the chance to get her bike ridden for the first time, and so did Signe, even though she doesn't love the Packers quite as much. Um, and these are my beautiful nieces, who we came to visit and brought along with us. Are we looking forward to the season? Yeah. 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 Who's our favorite player? Packers. Who's our favorite player, though? <laughs> I'm Courtney. I'm Emily. And I'm Angela. We brought 150 kids from the Nina Menasha YMCA through Camp Tonkawaya. And right now we are watching the Packers training practice. How do you think the Packers are going to do that? <laughs> I think they're going to have a great year like always. They're going to win it all. <laughs> I can't wait to see them in the Super Bowl. Man, I hope they're so good. I, I want them to go to the playoffs for sure. Maybe see... Uh, NFC Championship, right? Let's come back on top and I wouldn't mind seeing anybody beat the Patriots. <laughs> come back to the Green Right? Yeah, and let's trounce the, the Vikings always, please. Well, they, they'll make the playoffs for sure and hopefully they'll go all the way this year. But I'm sure they'll make the playoffs. I think they're going to do okay. I think they're definitely, definitely Super Bowl contenders. Um, Definitely good into the playoffs, uh, even with the injury, you know, issues that come up every year. Uh, I, I have no problems though that they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. If they don't go all the way, they'll be real close again. Nate for CampCast. Well, 7,524. That's how many people filled Fox City Stadium in Appleton on August 13th for the big Donald Driver softball game as part of his thank you to Wisconsin tour. As far as on the field, Driver's team got off to a slow start, finished with a rally, but came up one run short of victory. Final score? 27-26. to 26. CampCast caught up with Donald at his pregame press conference and on the field after the game. This is kind of like the final stop of the Donald Driver Thank You Tour. We just wanted to, you know, the reason I wanted to put this on is just to thank the fans for everything they've given me over the last 14 years. Um, 18 years of being a Green Bay Packer, so it's been, uh, it's been amazing. The lives that uh, I can say that I've been touched by as well as me touching other people's lives throughout the week. It's been, uh, it's been truly, truly something special. It, it was amazing. Uh, I could have never imagined in many years that I can stop at any place throughout the state of Wisconsin and people just go crazy. Uh, I think sometimes people are surprised that it's really me. Uh, but I think once I smile, it kind of gives it away. Uh, I, I didn't have any hats on throughout the whole time, but it's, it's just amazing the love that I've, and the support I've gotten um, by doing this tour. And so. You know, you just never know what to expect. And to continue to get that love, I think I'm going to cherish for a very long time. Last night you crashed another wedding. How was that? <laughs> I, I, it was fun. It's, it's always great when you crash weddings. And no one expects you to be there. Uh, you know, for me to walk the bride and groom in, it, I think it made their wedding even more special than, than, than it was. And, and to hear the mom afterwards say this was the best moment of their lives, that's something that they will be able to share for a very long time, that they can always tell their kids one day that Donald Driver crashed their wedding. How did you find this and the other wedding that you crashed? How do you find that? Like, do you find that on social media or? No, it just happened to be right time, right spot. Um, that's kind of how it was. You know, the first one I crashed after my Hall of Fame, I was at my after party and found out they was having a wedding on the next, you know, 
next uh, floor and decided to crash it. Um, this one, they reached out. Uh, the person that was actually putting the party, you know, the wedding party on, actually reached out and said they would love to have someone uh, have me do it. And we knew that we would be in the area, and we just thought that this was the, the perfect fit to do it. And so when you look back at it, it's, it's a moment that we all share together. You know, I, I told the bride and groom that, you know, at the end of the day, there are going to be ups and downs, but at the end of the day, you have each other, and that's all that matters. Why decide to have the thank you tour? Just, you know, the, it was all about giving the fans what they've given me for so much, uh, for so many years, and that's the love and support. And what I wanted to do is just travel to the state of Wisconsin. I've hear, I hear people all the time when I travel that they never get to see a Green Bay Packer. You know, they never get to see us, only on television. So my goal was to travel and, and get to see, get into these small towns, you know, not like Milwaukee and Green Bay and Madison. Those are the big, those are the big cities, you know. You, you stop in, you know, Arcata where there's only 3,000 people and you turn around and it's 15,000, 20,000 people cheering you on at a concert that wasn't for me, but it was all for Gappa. And, and to go there and announce them, no one expected me to be there. And so to still hear the cheers and the love, um, words sometimes can't even express how I feel. Usually many people after retirement go on vac <coughs> long vacations or, you know, just kind of help here and there. Why do you think it's so important to continue to keep giving back year after year? Someone gave me the opportunity. Um, and I feel better giving than receiving. You know, sometimes it's better to give. And to see the smiles on people's face, that's what it's all about. I mean, I could have retired and walked away and said, you know, I'm done, never come back to Wisconsin. But what I made, you know, I was loyalty and I just said, I wanted to make sure that I kept, I was ingrained in the state of Wisconsin and, and not leave. And to this day, um, I'm gonna always be here. This is home for me. And I, and I think the fans now realize that. What do you hope to take away from today or fans always take away? Memories. Uh, this is this is what it's all about capturing the memories and and I'm hoping we can all capture these memories and something that I think my kids now you know when I retired my kids were young um, they don't even remember their dad playing as much and and now to to bring them back and kind of show what I've done in the state of Wisconsin and what the fans mean to me uh, I think my kids now appreciate it even more so surprised to see your jersey out there in the stands every day every day you know so I, I think that's the love that they have for me and I'm hoping that that love continues I think if you continue to give the love back they'll continue to love you more it's been a few years since you were here hosting a charity softball game how does it feel to be back it's always great it's always great to be back home and I think this is the moment that uh, I know that I'm, I feel like I have to share with my family and with my kids um, my family has never been to the softball game so my entire family here my mom's here my mother-in-law's here my brother's uh, sisters, so they get to experience what they've never got a chance to do. And so if we can share this moment together, um, I think I've done something special for them. But uh, in my life, they have touched my life in so many other ways. You kind of mentioned your kids, like have they had a moment like, oh, you were a big deal. Like, did they kind of <laughs> like not believe you when you said that before? My, my kids still don't believe that they're dad a big deal. I'm, I'm just dad to them, you know. So in, in retrospect, I think they, they're starting to understand that their dad has um, a name that not just that uh, Donald Driver really means something to a lot of people and for me uh, I appreciate that and I'm hoping my kids can understand what their dad have done from growing up homeless to being a successful individual I'm hoping my kids can take something from that but not just a part of you know having a successful football career but things that I do off the field and I'm hoping my kids take that and cherish that for the rest of their life. You pick up the cherry softball game from Brett now that that's not Jory, what do you think 
I guess how important is it to you this type of event and seeing the turnout for it, the thousands of people that show up for that this event? Uh, what does that mean to you? You know, it means everything. You know, when Brett had this event, it was a sellout crowd. Then I put the event on for seven, eight years, and it was a sellout crowd. Jordy put the event on, and it's been a sellout crowd. So that tells you what we've done in the state of Wisconsin, that a lot of people love and cherish us. And for me to come back and host this after Jordy just hosted probably a month ago uh, and still get a sellout crowd, you, you have to appreciate every moment of it. And I'm hoping the fans understand that this is all about family. And they get opportunity to bring their family and enjoy with each other. I get to bring my family and enjoy, but this, the entire state of Wisconsin is family. And that's why I love them. Talk a little bit about some of the people you've assembled on the roster. Oh. I'm normally with Jordy and in past uh, softball games, mostly football players. Yeah. You brought some other friends along, musicians and actors. Yeah, we, I, you know, my biggest thing was is to, to do it different. Um, not just get formal formal players and bring those guys back, but we have, you know, we have Tony Fisher out there. We have Dorsey Levins. Nick Collins, you know, uh, Randall L. You know, you start thinking Gavin DeGraw is here. Um, Bonnie Blair, you know, I've been a huge fan of hers for a very long time. Steve Novak. I mean, that list goes on and on and on. And to have these individuals um, be here and support me, I mean, it, it shows the love that we have for each other. Even though those individuals are huge, huge Packer fans uh, and half of them are from Wisconsin, it, it makes it a little bit easier. But uh, that shows what I've done. And for them to come and support me, as well as me supporting them, uh, you have to take your hat off to them. I would have never thought in a you know, million years that I can travel throughout the United States and international, and people know me not from playing football, but from a show that I've been watching since season one. Uh, and now, as it, you know, I heard that it, it was supposed to come to an end, who, who really knows? I mean, this is what it's all about. And I think a lot of those individuals out there, if they never watch football, Believe me, they watch Dance with the Stars, and and that has taken me to another level and a and another platform. So I appreciate it. Post game here, Donald Driver. Donald, how important was this game for you to come back one more time and do it for the fans here at uh, the T-Rex Stadium? Oh my God, uh, you know I don't I don't even know if words can uh, express how I felt about this one. I mean, I wanted to bring it back just one more time to get the fans exactly what they they wanted. You know, as we all know, this is one of the most family most opportunity for families to come together and have the most family experience and uh, this is awesome. I'm so happy to be out here. And and this was truly a family affair. I mean there was moms, dads, grandmas and grandpas, the kids all over and it was it was a fun, fun game. It wasn't a lot of shenanigans. No. But uh, you guys almost pulled out in the end. Almost. And, and you know, sometimes almost is not good enough. But we, we're going to give it to them. The yellow team won. we got to give them credit yep. for that one. Green team, maybe we'll do it next year. We'll see what happens. Let's see what happens. That's good. Yeah. And then when is the next event here that uh, Donald Driver Charity is going to be doing? The next event will be the Driven to Achieve Awards. That's, right. that's going to be the next big one uh, in March. So we can't wait for it. We want everyone to get ready because uh, we're going to raise a lot of money for a lot of great people in Wisconsin. Mm. I love it. I love it. Thank, Thank you, you so much, much. Double D. Thank yes. you, baby. Appreciate it. Camp Cast, a Midwest Communications podcast.